and make a big clap. Apparently that syncs stuff, I don't know. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Falk, uh, the Final Corner podcast, where we're going to talk about the British Touring Car Championship. And to do so, Nick, you're here to discuss the latest round of Snetterton. How are you? I'm all good, thank you. Nice. And I completely forgot to say what my name was. It's Tom. So just to clarify, Colin, the usual host and organiser and editor and producer and researcher, he's on holiday, which is not allowed. And unfortunately, that means us two are going to... I don't know, ramble through the British Tory Car Rounds. We are scot-free, as they say. <laughs> Brilliant. So, yes, it was Snetterton. It was uh, sun-scorched Norfolk for the seventh round of the 2022 season for races 90, 20 and 21. Fact fans. <laughs> it's turning around quickly. It is, oh, it's flying by. I, I swear we uh, said we are probably going to go see a race in person in 2020 and yet here we are still, nothing's happened. Yeah. Uh, which is a shame, although, I don't know, it was nice and sunny, but it almost was too hot to spectate, I felt. So, glad we skipped this one. So, Colin Turgerton was the championship leader going in. That meant he had zero hybrid in qualifying, which is clearly a massive handicap. Oh, no, wait, it didn't do anything. He was assisted um, by his teammate Jenny throughout qualifying, but which I think helped a bit, but just yeah, a bit. <laughs> slipstreaming and defending and stuff like this, but... Mm. Um, anyway, well... Crack on to the full qualifying results straight away then. And it's Colin Turgerton on pole position. It was Jake Hill in second by less than a tenth. And the key thing was Turgerton snatched it right at the end. But it, yeah, no hybrid deployment. So I think it raises the debate. Is is it the BMW is too amazing? Or is it that the hybrid uh, isn't so much of an advantage having it? Hmm... It is hard to tell. Um, they did say that the high temperatures may have affected things, mm. but I'm not really sure how that plays into it. But yeah, it's definitely not as effective as it should be. In Or rather, it's not as much of a hindrance not having it. Yes, that's a terrible word of my question, and you've uh, corrected that. <laughs> I mean, electric vehicles, or electrified vehicles in this case, they do have performance and range differences when it's cold or when it's hot. 32 degrees is really hot. Then, obviously, it's a race car with a combustion engine, so it, it may be the battery temperature is really high. But 32 degrees shouldn't, you know, most electrified batteries and motors are tested to be still efficient mm. when it's warmer than that. I mean, think of countries like, you know, the Nevada desert in America. But so that could be a factor. There was a shot in one of the races, and I forget which, where Dan Lloyd was ahead of someone and he then blasts down the straight, and you can see him pulling away. And at the graphic, mm-hmm. the person that the camera was on board wasn't using the hybrid, and he, Lloyd, was. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's a very visible, uh, noticeable difference. It's kind of hard to get that shot so far this season. So there's still, there is something there. And part of me thinks, my personal opinion is, is that BMW too effective? But mm. like, once again, second round in a row, and you've got several BMWs within the top five of qualifying. So you've got yeah. Circuit to Paul Hills second, Jelly third on paper, but he actually started fourth, and mm-hmm. Morgan fifth. The only one uh, further down, letting the side down, was Mr. Gamble. There we go. Sorry, didn't queue up very well there. That's okay. He was down in fifteenth. 
Hmm. I think we oh. should supposed to be. Yes. Before we get to that, I think we should cover the jelly thing. Uh, he got a one-place penalty. It wasn't quite clear what the penalty was. Was it seconds, or did they remove his quickest lap? Seconds yeah, it, it didn't say. Yeah, it's either they removed his quickest lap, or he was just pushed down a position. So Ingram started third, and this was for impeding Kamish during qualifying. When you watch qualifying, it's not exactly clear when that could be, but I noticed that about 23 minutes left of the session, so seven minutes gone, Kamish is purple in the middle sector, off-camera, it cuts to him towards the end of the lap, and he's right behind Jelly, and then doesn't go any quicker. So I can only assume uh, it was something on that lap, but we don't know for sure. And in that lap, Jelly was sort of trying to find space for Turkiton, maybe, by the looks of things, but I don't want to speculate too much. Turkiton was ahead of him, something was going on. It's got to be something to do with that, I think. Yeah. But there was definitely nothing obvious that just screened penalty, so... Correct. So the onboard footage must have been reviewed, and... It's actually mm-hmm. rare for such a penalty to happen in British touring cars. Yeah. Because normally it's just get on with it, isn't it? That's what they say. Yeah. Uh, any stand-up performers or or poor performances for you in qualifying? Well, uh, Rory Butcher. Um, down in 26th place. Oof. Now... It was awful. He had, he had a lap deleted for track limits. It wasn't a good lap, though. But it was only up in 20th anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I did hear something in the build-up to race one where they said that Rory Butcher, or rather the team, said that he had a bad set of tyres. But normally they don't just have one set of tyres for quality, do they? No, they can change. Yeah, normally they do like two lots, one at the beginning of the session, one at the end, I thought. Yeah. So I I don't see how that was a valid excuse. but It was certainly quicker on race day, so Mm. it was all a bit odd. And also Josh Cook being down in 22nd. Which he wasn't really quicker on race day, so it wasn't that odd, unfortunately. No. Uh, I'm not sure what's happening with that car or that driver. I'm not sure which. It was said during some commentary that he was the slowest in the speed traps during both practice sessions. Out of everybody. Mm. But that's always tricky, isn't it? Because that could also mean the run onto the straight isn't that good. Uh, but yeah. It seems like there's this straight line speed thing. That's what the team keeps saying. But to me, this has ended his championship hopes. Don't know what you think about that. Um, barring some kind of miracle at Thruxton, where he wins pretty much all three races and all of his championship contenders crash into each other. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think the former's possible, but the latter not so much. Yeah, it's got to be a, a miracle for him to come back into it. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a couple of drivers there that were way down the grid where they shouldn't be, but there was a couple. There was arguably one up there who shouldn't be either, which I felt was Jason Plato. Indeed, yeah. Uh, so we talk about the straight line speed of Cook, but his teammate, on a rare occasion so far this season, don't be too harsh, has turned the tables. I mean, I think Jason's been open and honest in interviews about, oh, Cook's always been like you know a tenth ahead mm. of me everywhere. This time round, it was a, a big switch, swing in the other direction. Sixth on the grid. I thought that was yeah. superb. Oh, indeed. I mean, he definitely had more hybrid than Cook, which I think helped somewhat, but not 14 places helped. No, 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 no. And top Honda. Um, yes, indeed. Which is excellent, considering how turgid his trip to Scotland was uh, recently. Yeah. We've seen it in the recent seasons where when his dander's down, that's kind of it for the year. Mm-hmm. But here was this comeback, which I think he tweeted like his mojo's back or something like this. And you always think, oh, <laughs> yeah. it's a bit premature with that 
But uh, anyways, we can progress. That was certainly the case. But that was roughly it for qualifying. Shedden 14 is not great. Yeah, I thought Collard had a good qualifying as well, to put it 10th. That is very good. That's a good point. And again, way ahead of his teammate. Uh, and we've, in this, on this podcast, we've said several times before that um, it's frustrating how it can be difficult to find qualifying on demand. They had this weird moment where they put it on YouTube for the first round and then deleted it and never did it again. Yeah. It was accidental fan service. So it's not it's, within the yeah. racing tab of the ITV website or on YouTube or on the ITV hub, seemingly. But it is if you uh, go on the ITV BT website homepage, they put a news post and in there you can rewatch qualifying. So if anyone's listening and would ever like to watch qualifying again, we'll keep our eyes peeled on there. And ITV Mudspot Twitter would tweeted the link. So, race one and Tim Harvey opens a beer. Yeah, I know. That did make me laugh. <laughs> Obviously, I have to say, we don't know that's what he did, but there was definitely the noise of a can being cracked. But that's that's what I like to imagine was happening. I mean, it was the perfect... If, if all the days was allowed, that was perfect for it. A nice yeah. cold... Can of, of Labatt's. Labatt's. <laughs> uh, this is during the uh, when uh, Addison's running through the grid on the, um, what do you call it, formation lap? Yeah. And during that lap, we realised that... That man Gamble isn't there. Yep. Well, yes, he had to uh, do some form of electrical reset, which I think was... I think it was the outlap to the grid, was it not, when he had Sounds the like rather it. than the formation lap itself, because otherwise he would have been stranded. Mm-hmm. Apparently it was towed back to the pits and then mm-hmm. reset, and so he started right at the very back, but from the grid, not the pit then. So race one of three begins, and no surprise that uh, the two BMWs, well, they kind of disappear off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. Uh, behind, Jelly and Morgan have a bit, bit of a battle. Morgan gets ahead, or oh, Jelly gets ahead, but Morgan gets ahead, then Jelly gets ahead, but then at the end of it, it's Morgan goes around the outside of Agostini. Mm, that was a nice move as well. It was excellent. Uh, did you see Tom Chilton spewing water everywhere? Yes, on the replay. I wasn't sure if it was water or us, but there was definitely some fluid yeah, sorry. out of the car. Don't know what it is. At first, I didn't realise he was slowed down and retired on the first lap with a mechanical issue, but then when I rewatched the race, I saw the Sutton on board, and yeah, he's definitely leaking some sort of fluid into the mm. cars behind. Which yeah, obviously wrecks not... his entire weekend. Yes, but uh, luckily it wasn't anything that was too slippery that cars were sliding about behind him. Yeah, thankfully it wasn't oil or something like this, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, not ideal to happen straight away up the start line there. Clearly not contact uh, related either, so some sort of technical issue there, I thought. I think so. <laughs> so, uh, lap three, Kamish passes Robottom into Murray's. And then Sutton also, at the same time, follows on the outside of Collard. What do you think of that move? Well, um, it was lovely, but Collard was slightly balked by Robottom in front of him mm. as Kamish was going through. And Sutton just used that opportunity to nip around the outside. I also thought uh, Collard was a bit polite. <laughs> because, uh, and this was a recurring theme throughout the weekend. It seemed to be very easy to run mm. wide at... Hamilton, get on the dirt and spew up a load of gravel into everywhere and it did look a bit messy, mm-hmm. I wouldn't like to be responsible for the cleanup of that No, well um, the other thing is a lot of it wasn't gravel, it was just that the grass was so yeah. dead that it looked like the entire track was surrounded by gravel or sand Yeah, it was Yeah, it was uh, a very different look, wasn't it? No greenery mm-hmm. and it felt like we were in the yeah. Middle East or something Exactly, yeah, it felt like the uh, Bahrain Grand Prix Yeah uh, and I was very surprised that there weren't more sort of 
dramas of radiators getting fueled up with stones or punctured. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it seems that was better for that than uh, the grass, which quite a few times this year, especially at Thruxton. If you get any, if you go up and you get a lot of grass, it's mm-hmm. a race over. But it turns out all we need is yeah. dried grass and sand. Oh, one thing to note as well is it was said during the um, uh, pre-race build-up that uh, Turkington and Hill were under team orders not to fight mm. at the beginning of the race. And then only allowed to fight later on. Mm-hmm. Very interesting that, because there are some sponsors that come to WSR for the Hill Drive, right? <laughs> uh, yes. So I think, well, they could just be like, well, we'll just take our money elsewhere. Well, I got the, the feeling it was not a case of um, you sit behind Turkington. It was whoever gets the best start yeah. and leads at the beginning, you maintain position until you have a little right. gap and then you can fight. Which makes a lot of sense because they've been mm-hmm. so, I think the car is so dominant. It yeah. would only, logically, if you have a sensible at the start, you're going to pull away from the rest of the field. Mm-hmm. Which in this instance is uh, Ingram for most of the day. Yeah. Um, also just shows how confident WSL exactly. were that their cars were the best ones. Yeah, exactly that. You know, you wouldn't have orders like that if you were starting further down the grid or if the qualifying gap mm-hmm. was close. But because, like we said at the start, so many BMWs are in the top five, you just sort of think there's a latent pace yeah. there that can't be caught up with, especially on a hot day when potentially the real drive cars have better tyre life towards the end of the race. Normally that's not a huge mm-hmm. factor because I think the tyres that Goodyear produces the British Touring cars are quite hard of a compound, generally. Yeah, they're much more durable than they were a few years yeah. back. And if we've seen, oh, don't want to go on too much tangent, but the WTCR again, Goodyear tyres there, how the disaster of uh, five uh, Lincoln Co's have pulled out for the rest of the year because they're unhappy with the state of the tyres. Uh, that's one of the reasons. And uh, multiple cars getting punches in every round. Ooh. It's an absolute, yeah, oh, it's an absolute disaster. They're using TCR cars. Um, mm. yeah, to the point where five cars pulled off the grid. So I think it's only 12 cars that each race at the minute. And at Valley Lunga, they had several cars retiring with punches. It was just like someone was at a sniper rifle outside the track picking them off. <laughs> it was just mad. It was a bit crazy, a bit unsafe. Mm. Uh, and then even at um, the French round recently, there was one or two punches there, even after they've gone down like a required minimum required, required pressure and camera angles for the teams. There's still punches going on. It's just crazy. Mm. And... Um, the same company clearly makes a very good British touring car tyre. Because even on a 32 degree heat, there was no punches, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. To go back to the main point is, this, of all the races, probably is going to be the one where the real drive have a bit of an advantage towards the end with tyre wear, mm-hmm. just because of the heat and a long lap. Yeah. But, but anyway, I digress. Um, Ma- just before uh, Shedden and Collard have their battle, actually, and bit, do a bit of rallycross, Michael Crease Crease. <laughs> retires and I don't know I felt a bit uneasy about that well the actual retirement itself no it was obvious it was going to be a safety car but the safety car wasn't called for like a lap and a half uh, yeah yeah I know what you mean with that he's sat he's not um, just sat there as well like he's faffing around with the bonnet he's with the marshal he's running around like that's dangerous if a car comes around there as we've seen everyone going off there all weekend yeah I know there'll be a local I, I did yellow. find it interesting um, that the drivers were told not to stop off circuit as well if they can help mm, it. Which, because of the grass being so dry, they're worried about it setting fire. Which I fully agree with. And as yeah. we'll come to later, Shedden did that, but he mm-hmm. didn't. I think Harvey did a schneid dig at him. But he, yeah. Yeah. Mm, he sort of pulled off, but then thought, oh, I better not go to the grass, I'll just start, stop here. 
might as well driven up to the marshals at that point. But then I don't know if he had enough yeah. power to do that. That's true because we don't actually know why he was yeah. off the track. It's a little bit weird. So there's a safety car. I just I just thought it was really obvious it was he couldn't get that car going again. He's out of the vehicle mm -hmm. through the safety car. But it could have been to do with the timing of the, the cars on track and where you go. But so race restarts. Uh, hills closing in a bit, but yeah, ultimately nothing happens. Um, now we've got down here that Dexter Patterson after the race has penalised 1.2 seconds for an incident involving Just Cook. It's around this time, but it's off camera. We'd yes, I didn't see anything for no, it. No, I didn't see it, but basically, uh, Cook gets beaten up by Butcher and Gamble. <laughs> then he falls back into Clutch's paths and something happens off camera, but, and then that means he's in the Contraton where there's a bit of an incident. Yeah, it was all a bit strange, wasn't it? So three cars come together at the first corner, and Moffat ends up backwards with two wheels off his wagon. At least definitely, definitely one. one. Yeah, what do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, it it was it was just a bit unfortunate. Um, I think it's hard to tell because you can't see the right angles. But Jack Butel, I believe, went for a dive on Cook, who was going for a dive on Moffat. <laughs> is what it looked like. Mm. Um, so you ended up with three cars together, and presumably Aiden Moffat, who's on the third car on the outside, goes to take the line of going round alongside Cook not knowing that Butel is also there so he's expecting Cook to be further alongside than he is and he just turns into the front of him mm. so I wouldn't I wouldn't put any blame on anyone on that one apart well I was going to say apart from Jack Butel but he's within his rights to go for that there's a gap there it's just yeah, a bit risky so, yeah it's not a move I would recommend making but it worked out for him <laughs> Just not afraid. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so obviously Adam Moffitt makes contact with Cook. Butel actually doesn't make contact with either of them, I don't think. No, I think he was f through clean. Yeah, Moffitt flies up in the air, spins around backwards into the barrier. Cook has to save a big slide. It's basically last at this point, well, apart from Parfit, right? He's right down there, maybe Hamilton. Mm -hmm. um, which is a disaster. Championship over, I think, like we say. Mm -hmm. So we've got another safety car. Moffat looks a bit hot and bothered, but you would be, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah. I think initially he was annoyed at Cook for not giving him enough Probably. room. Probably. But not not knowing the full story at that point. Yeah. One thing I would say is, Jack Brutel, this weekend, yeah, he wasn't on pole or anything, he seemed further forward in the grid. He's still in that latter third. Uh, yeah. Sort of at the head of that but latter third. He seemed much more competitive than he normally is. Yeah, and even if he's... Or has yeah, been. Yeah, <laughs> throwing shapes. That shows a bit more confidence and fight, which I don't think we've mm -hmm. seen from him. Up until, was it Knockhill last time round when he barged off uh, Edwards? Yeah. Not a great move, but at least there was a little spark there, which we've, has been a bit lacking so far. So then when it restarts, it's all about Gamble Watch, basically. I don't know if you want to take it from here. Well, one thing to note as well, I don't know if you realise, that um, Moffitt's car wasn't moved. Um, so it was under yellow oh, flags at Riches, so there was no overtaking there. Oh, right. At least for the first lap it was mentioned after the restart, but the car was never moved, so I assume it's for the rest of the race. Ooh, bit of a risky one, that. I guess there was a... Yeah, I, th I thought that. There was a time constraint, but... Uh, mm -hmm. Because yeah, it the, was an ITV1 as well, wasn't it? This yeah, I think they just wanted to get the race restarted, but whether or not that was the right thing to do or not is debatable, but... Well, I completely missed that, um, and that is a good shout, because that sounds a bit sketchy. <laughs> it was a bit mad. Uh, yeah, 
Gamble managed to get through at Agostini um, on, what was it, Rory Butcher yeah, at that point? Yeah. The trim trailing Toyota. Um, yes, <laughs> which didn't look great. Um, and then Butcher gets straight back through again. Um, and then it all kind of went a bit wrong for mm. Paul George. It's fell backwards there, didn't Two more cars managed to squeeze through as Butcher did. And then there were three abreast again. Oh, never, never an ideal scenario. And who's no. involved again? Jack Bittell. <laughs> Although he came off much worse this time. Yeah. So, Patterson, Gamble and Bittell are side by side, aren't they? Through Brundle? Mm-hmm. And then when they get to Nelson, Gamble's backed out of it. Uh, Bittell and Patterson haven't. And when I watched it first time yeah. through, I thought, oh, it's just a bit unlucky. Maybe Patterson should have backed out of it. When I saw the Gamble on board view, I feel like Bittell like, almost turns into prematurely. Not too prematurely, mm-hmm. that's awful English. But turns in prematurely. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, so he gets pushed off, basically. But it carries on. But, oh. Yeah, he turned in as if there was no car yeah. there, basically, wasn't it? It's uh... For a bit so Giovinardi style. And, uh, oh, Tom Oliphant, actually. That... Tom Oliphant will be a better exam. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think we then had a, a Sutton dive on Robottom Agostini, uh, but he couldn't complete the move and then had Shedden on behind him. Yep. Um, then, a very contentious one for me. Oh, yeah? I can't recall. Where, um, well, with George Gamble at this point. Um, oh, uh, yes. he gets into the back <laughs> of... Uh, what was it? He got Everybody. into the back of... Patterson, I think, wasn't it? Who then, in turn, pushes into Aaron Taylor-Smith. Yeah. Um, forcing both of them off wide. And George Gamble just drives through as if nothing's happened. And nothing happened with that. Which... Nope. I remember saying at the time, that's clearly a penalty at some point. That's out- absolutely outrageous. And I hate the word absolutely, but I just said it. Absolutely. Because it's the last lap, I get it. But it's, it's plumb in the middle. And yeah. it's not just like... Oh, you know, it knocks him into Aaron Taylor Smith. He, he pile drives it, drives him straight into him, <laughs> to the yeah. point where the Cooper's completely sideways. It was like watching the curling at the Winter Olympics. Yeah, because it wasn't that he forced them to run a little bit deep into the that corner. Just I think both of the cars both went off. Yeah, in front of him. So, yeah, it was. <laughs> I can't believe he didn't get a penalty. No, that's absolutely. It's, it's oh, I said it again, nearly. It's absolutely wild. <laughs> It, oh, I couldn't. I couldn't believe that, and I got a little bit angry. Um, yeah. The only thing I could think about that. I mean, Patterson finished down in twentieth, and Taylor Smith seventeenth. Um, but we couldn't see on the camera if that was to do with that. Well, Taylor Smith definitely was because he lost position. But yeah. Um, the only thing I can possibly think of that prevented that was if Ollie Jackson was into the back of Gamble, or something like this. That's a good point because we only saw it from on board yeah. Gamble, didn't we? But so, yeah. it's hard to tell. But from the race results, Jackson finished two seconds behind. Well, Taylor Smith and Jackson were close together, and they finished two seconds behind Gamble, which insinuates mm. that, that wasn't the case. But yeah, it, 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 you know, I don't know. We don't know what's happened behind. No. If there was no contact there, what the heck was going on in that steward's room? <laughs> or rather, wasn't. Yeah. But we won't get to see from that. No. So I think he got away with murder there. And then um, at the mm. start of race two, he had the uh, onboard camera and interview. Uh, he was the interviewee from Addison and Harvey, but they didn't ask the tough question. It no. makes me think sometimes some <laughs> of the 
needle has been ironed away or smoothed off from the British Tiger sometimes. And all the questions are, oh, you know, how's yeah. your mum? How's your sponsor? And it really, it should be, oh, you know, blah uh, blah hit you off. What do you think about that? <laughs> it always used to be, didn't it? It always used to be. And that used to get headlines and debates. Yeah. And I think more interest. Uh, but it all just seems to have gone a bit too... PC is the wrong word because I hate that expression. Uh, yeah, but that's what I was thinking as well. Yeah, there's no one asked the tough questions. I, I, to get, I'm not a huge fan of his, but to give him his due, when Ted Kravitz did some of the interviews mm. uh, was it, in the 90s, it did. I seem to remember him asking uh, Plato some very tricky questions, and Plato wasn't happy with it. And that was interesting yeah. to watch. Like him or love him, Ted Wall is not scared of asking a question. Yeah. Like him or love him, I, I need another option because I don't I do either. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. So I'll uh, just race one results then. Uh, Colin Turkerton. Jerk Hill on the podium. Tom Ingram in third. Then Adam Morgan in a BMW fourth. Stephen Jelly in a BMW fifth. Plato held on throughout a quiet race, but that was very good because he made, didn't make a mistake. Kept it there on it. If it wasn't for Ingram, yeah. he'd be star performer, I felt, too. Uh, yeah, because I fully expected him to go backwards from there, and he didn't. Same. He completely held his own. I was resigned to Plato going backwards. But mm-hmm. that didn't happen. Uh, Kamish in 7th, Robottom 8th, Sutton in a relatively understated ninth, and Shedden moving up a bit into 10th. Yes. Um, also, maybe as a reaction to the Aidan Moffat moment earlier, uh, Josh Cook apparently was told to slow down over the last few laps because he had a higher water temperature. Oh, that's not ideal. I mean, that no. may be one of the few overheating moments of the weekend. But you're right. It could have been. Some, it could have been uh, damage to the splitter or the intake or something like this at the front. Uh, I mean, it finishes outside of the main points paying positions, but he probably gets independent points for that. Or independent teams. Oh points. Yeah. So you've got to keep going, provided it doesn't wreck the engine and force an engine change in between the races. So race two, and it's Hill at Turkerton again at the front. But the start is actually really exciting. There's several incidents, and also something that really frustrates. Yes. Me. So. Hill and Turkerton go side by, off the line, but then they're side by side for the lead. Now, I think we should come back to that because Ingram's up there yep. with it. But there's all sorts of incidents going on. So, first of all, at the back of the pack, off camera, kind of, there's like a coming together with, I think it's Moffat or one of the Laser, laser Tools Infinities and one of the yeah. red motor base cars at the hairpin, which is now called Wilson or Wilson's, correct? It, it is Wilson, yeah. Wilson. The two Napa Fords collide. Uh, that ruins, well, at least Camus's race. Uh, and then towards mm-hmm. the end of the lap, Shedden and Jackson, well, I was going to say they do grass cutting, but there's not much grass there, is there? But they, they skip the last corner. No. So let's, let's go yeah, through those didn't worry about that. one by one. <laughs> so the, the first incident at the back of the pack, can't really see what happened there, could you? No, I could just see, uh, I think it was Moffat, but it was definitely an infinity. It was sort of sideways on the inside of the grass, mm. but not really sure what it was that had happened and that meant that the low, the back third of the pack was separated from the front two thirds there, mm-hmm. there was a really big gap I noticed that Parfit managed to go around the outside of all that shenanigans and was actually quite high up for him at that point mm. um, then at, at Wilson what was your take on this because there was uh, I've, I've re-watched it today and I've got my theory varies from what happened at the time well I, I'm pretty sure that Sutton was hit into Camish, and I'm reasonably certain it was Robottom. That's exactly what I thought. 
But at the time, I'm not sure if Robottom was assisted as well. Yeah, there's a Toyota behind Robottom, isn't there? But it looks like to me, yeah, Robottom hits first, which backs them mm-hmm. all up, and then the Toyota behind Robottom hits him. That's what it looks like to me. Um, yeah, but but basically, the first glance, I thought, oh, Sutton's run a bit deeper, trying to you know trying to defend from Kamish aggressively, pushing mm-hmm. wide. But basically, yeah. there's like wheel to wheel contact, isn't there? Mm-hmm. And and I think it left the the two Napa Fords at that sixteenth and seventeenth. I think it was at that mm. point. And so they're they're both off the track, aren't they? And everybody goes mm-hmm. through. Unfortunately, uh, listen, I can't commentate. That, that it's not picked up on for quite a while. That they're far down, if at all. Yeah. But okay, that's fine. Um, Sutton. The story of the race further on is basically Sutton charging back, but Kamish doesn't. But there's a couple mm-hmm. of times where you can see there's actually a shot coming out of the first corner, looking down towards Wilson at one point in the race, mm. and he's not in a straight line. <laughs> So yeah. he's I don't know, he's driving at you know with the wheel pointed to three pm or something, but he's crabbing down the road. So that's probably why he didn't make any progress back up, but Sutton did. Uh, yeah, because I did notice um, like a couple of laps later, the Camish was way down, and I didn't know yeah. why. And it was only when I saw the replay that I figured out why. Yeah, same, same. Uh, it could be very easy. Well, it's unlucky for Camish. Camish is the one that gets the bad luck there. They both ran off and lost uh, yeah. positions, but his was the car that was visibly damaged. Uh, and then at the end of the lap. Shedden Jackson's shenanigans. I don't know if you had a read on that. I thought it was very difficult to see what was going on there. I, I didn't really see what it was that had caused it. Um, I don't know if I missed a replay or something, but I just saw them driving over the grass and I didn't see why. So at some point, here's, here's I'm going to piece some things together here, but again, I don't know either. At some point, Shedden loses some positions on momentum on that first lap. Don't know why I don't, can't see it. But coming out mm. of Nelson, so the sort of, there's Brundle's are left and Nelson's are right after the end of the Bentley straight. He's yeah. on the outside of like Lloyd and Hand. They both get by him. You can see it for a split second. Ah. Then the, it puts him back in the clutches of, and it looks like to me, yeah, Ollie Jackson and there's a Cooper. Because mm-hmm. there's an onboard shot of Gam- from Gamble's bonnet looking ahead. And it looks like to me that you can't see, but they've come together coming around that fast, long right-hander quorum. Mm. And both Jackson and Shedden have speared off across the grass and come back on on the start finish straight. Jackson had a lot of grass in his front, didn't he? But Shedden didn't. Yeah, and still finished the race as well. By the yeah, way. Yeah, and they mentioned that in commentary, like how the heck has that happened? Mm. Um, yeah, that was one of the world's uh, modern miracles. So the weird thing here is Shedden received a verbal warning with an incident involving Daniel Lloyd or Dan Lloyd. Mm-hmm. After that corner cut, he's nowhere near Lloyd on the track, and then soon after he breaks down. So there's, there's got to be some incident with Dan Lloyd for him to be back there with then the Cooper and the Jackson gang for them yeah. to go off. So I'd love to have seen what's going on. But my main beef here is that there's no replay of any of these three incidents. No, exactly. And uh, so it's all just guesswork. Which is very like, understandable. Like I, you know, It's very heat at the moment. There might not have been a camera angle on it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But unfortunately, the rest of the race isn't so crazy. There's, there's mm-hmm. the safety car periods as opportunity. They do show lots of replays at the start, but the one that really mm-hmm. gets me is Sutton has an onboard camera, which is used for replays later on in the race, but it's not shown what happened uh, at, oh, at yes, Wilson. Indeed. So we have replays of, oh look, Sutton's done this overtake. He's done that overtake. I'm like, where's the one from lap from the first corner, uh, second corner on lap one? Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, that would have at least helped us somewhat. And then, yeah, there's, there might not have been something for the the back pack for the first corner because maybe the camera's already panned mm-hmm. around. I understand that. 
and the Shedden one was difficult because I don't think anyone around there was there with the onboard cameras other than Gamble and they don't have a camera mm. looking at that part of the grass normally I suppose true but there is a there is a camera looking at a final corner but that might have been focused on the actual apex and they've gone off before that but the the certain replay is very frustrating for me well hopefully we might be able to find out later which will be of no use to anyone listening to this podcast but we will get to speak to someone who was sat at the final corner at that race later on oh right now this is ash yeah our mutual friend who was there we need to ask him uh, how sunburnt he is. Well, yeah, that as well. But yeah, he was. Uh, I wonder if he was at the final corner during that race. Mm. I believe he was, but I'm not sure. Because I saw on Instagram the selfie, out. but that's reversed it. So I was thinking, what the heck corner is that? <laughs> but it was. Um, it was the final corner there, which the name mm. escapes me for the minute. No, uh, Murray's. Murray's. Yeah, Murray's. So. That was frustrating. So back to the lead battle then, mm. next the Hill Turkington. Yes. Uh, Hill, I mean, if there's an order here in this race to d- be sensible at the start, that was disappeared. I actually have a theory on this, on. but I'll, I'll come back to that. All right. Did you think Ingram was very polite? So basically, Hill and Turkington are side by side for the majority of the first lap. Well, it starts mm-hmm. at Palmer's, doesn't it? And it goes on and on and on. And eventually, at Nelson, um, Turkington prevails. Uh, Ingram, to me, could have pushed Hill uh, past Turgenton for the lead at Agostini's, uh, but doesn't. And then he gives a bump draft to Turgenton mm. down the back straight, and I felt like he could have been more aggressive than to Nelson's, but isn't either. So he's playing the percentage game there, but yeah. the one at Agostini's uh, is a slam-dunk opportunity for me to give a little nudge by. It is. I think he was more hoping that they would take each other out and didn't want to be involved in that. But my theory is that because the team orders I believe were still in play but I don't think personally Jake Hill was ever actually trying to overtake initially but he then couldn't back out of it because he had Ingram there Ah, interesting yeah and I actually think that's why there was so much shall we say respect being shown is I think he was basically trying to cut back in behind Turkington and has nowhere to do it, so he has to just stick it around the outside of every potential corner that he can. All three of them are like, oh, after you. Oh, go on, no, after you. Oh, oh what about you first? Yeah. Yeah. Just because t- when they go around the outside of... Um, yeah. When they go around the outside of Wilson, Hill is on the outside, and it looks to me as if he's trying to come back in. But Ingram's there, so he then can't slow right. down because Ingram will pass, mm-hmm. and he's already slightly alongside on, the, on going on the inside of... Is it Palmer's, the next one? Yeah. Um, so yeah and then he doesn't want to push Turkington off so they end up just going side by side for the rest of the lap can't prove it but that's my theory well it would tally up I'll buy it so uh, yeah so then we so there's all these other shenanigans going on and Godishin breaks down and packs it on the circuit yeah so that means safety car mm-hmm. oh and Michael Cruze gets a drive through for a false start so anyway, the race progresses and it basically just watching Sutton overtake people. He does a nice um, couple of dives on Lloyd and on hand. Yeah, Parfit loses his bumper. <laughs> yes. And then there's just a tad wide. Yeah, just a tad wide. Then there's another frustrating thing for me, which is uh, actually just before Shedden broke down, Collard passed Plato, but it's off camera and there's no replay. Yeah. Um, and that's a that's a pivotal move because Plato's been the, sort of the best of the rest apart from Ingram all day. Mm-hmm. Camera should be on him because it's you know it's important. 
because he c could he get that that extra win? No. But uh, yeah, so that was yeah. just a bit of a weird one. Uh, what else happens? Moffat breaks down, and then basically Hill closes in towards the end, but doesn't quite make it, does he? No. No, it was all a bit sort of. Uh... Well, that was to do with hybrid, I think, as well. Yeah, because he used it up before the recently. Yeah, he had a little bit more going into it, and he used it up to catch up, and Colin didn't use it to defend, so he had it for those last few laps if he needed it. Uh, towards the end, there is some gamble watch action, though, I think. Oh, always, yeah. There's always it's been lively the last few rounds. It has, yeah. He's certainly been in amongst it all. But yeah, he was having another battle with Josh Cook. Um, Bit of rubbing. Well, yeah, it always is. It, it looked a little bit naughty at times, but... A little bit. Yeah, but he, he, he finally managed to get through at yeah, Wilson. Yep, it was a nice move. And that basically wraps up race two, unless you've got any other observations. No, that was pretty much it for race two. It all happened at the start, and then it was quite staid. And mm -hmm. just the, the whole Ingram, Hill, Turkey thing, they're all driving for the championship, which is all too sensible. Yeah. But understandable. So, yep, Turkington wins with fast lap again. Uh, then Jay Kill, then Ingram... Adam Morgan in fourth, Stephen Jelly in fifth. This all sounded very familiar. Collard ahead of Plato, mm -hmm. then Robottom. Sutton, I would say, it was a good fight back. He couldn't go much further. He nearly he tried to get Robottom towards the end. He was close-ish. Yeah. Nothing much happening there. Hand, good result. Top ten. Yes, that was one of my star drives. Collard and Hand, for me, were the two. Yeah. Both brilliant. The aforementioned Ollie Jackson finished 13th, and Gamble was 14th. Sorry, that's your bit. Mm-hmm. Kamish finished yeah. 18th with a bent car. Yes. And uh, oh, breaking news, Will Powell retired, but no idea why. <laughs> okay, yeah. and the final race of the weekend. It's the reverse grid race, and position number nine's been pulled out. It's going to be a rip-roarer. Uh, yeah. Pulled out by none other than Rob Gravit. Yeah, the 1990 BTCC champion. Now, do you remember yes. a few years ago, there was some rumour that he was trying to join the grid again? Well, that's what I thought. As soon as I saw him there for this, I thought, oh, that's the rumours restarting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quick, get on 10 tenths. Yeah. Um, I think his son is doing some racing, if not in the spot yes. series, but uh, on the way up. Yeah, I'm not sure what he is, but it's definitely one of the support series. Yeah. Anyway, that means Sutton is on pole, but Robottom grabs the lead off mm -hmm. the start, which I thought was superb. Uh, yes. It's, um, also, one thing to note just for the entire race, both the Team Dynamics Hondas had no hybrid for this. It was broken. Both of them? That's interesting. Yes. Oh, a disaster. Um, yeah. That explains a lot of Robottom's pace later on, because he got done mm -hmm. on the straight line two or three times. Yeah, uh, and that's pretty much why. Yeah, makes sense. Oh, another example of what hybrid can do, and why Turkington's performance, mm -hmm. especially in qualifying, and he has, he has less hybrid than everyone else in the first two races as well, is all the more mighty. So, uh, so he starts superb, Robottom's, but then less superb, he runs wide immediately. Uh, yes. Like three corners in, he runs wide, and that's all Sutton needs to know, isn't you it? You don't need to give Sutton any sniff of an opportunity, never mind an open door. Yes, and uh, JP then decides to follow. Which I thought well. was quite feisty, because he's on the grass and a bit of contact, and I thought, oh, there we go, that's it. Dick Dastardly returns. Dick Dastardly as, returns. Um, as who he would like you to know. Oh yeah, that was Ricky Collard, and later on in the post-race interviews did refer to him as Dick Darcy. Oh, really? I didn't notice that. I did think yeah. that interview section was all a bit awkward because I think probably JP wanted more exposure, but they, they invited uh, Collard in there. Uh, yes, I don't watch it knowing full well that, that this, he was... this is not going to be a podium. <laughs> yeah, 
he did keep talking, didn't he, Plato? And uh, oh yeah, yeah, something about a clock. Louise Goodman did say, "I'm gonna gonna hand back to the studio because he won't stop talking." <laughs> <laughs> oh, good exposure. That's the game. But yes. But anyway, back to the. Race. Uh, I just want to reiterate as well. Can we please just stop calling Tom Ingram Ting? <laughs> Get in the seat. Yeah. Right. I mean, Tingram's annoying. Yeah. But I do understand it. But yeah, I, I heard Ting as well, and I was just like, "Oh, <laughs> behave." <laughs> <laughs> Lap three, Butcher just goes feral and wipes out Jelly for no apparent reason. Yes, I think I, I put the word assault in there. <laughs> uh, official yes. reprimand for that one. That was a bit daft. Yeah, it does seem bring forth a little bit of a debate in terms of why is he not punished in terms of his position. Yeah, so two official reprimand and two penalty points. I mean, that's kind of the system, isn't it? If they're not finishing near each other, they, if they finish near each other, they get the time penalties, the switch positions. Here, here there's a vast gulf. But ultimately, ultimately is, but, you know, Jelly's race has been ruined. Yeah. But I, I know it's not the same formula in any way, shape or form, but in Formula 1 there would be at least a five-second time penalty handed out for mm, that. Regardless. Um, yeah, to say that you've done something really bad, his, it's going to affect your race. But, uh, yeah. It just seems a little bit strange to yeah. just allow him to keep that position, but... Two penalty points that seem to do much, unless he's really near getting no. banned, Phil Bennett style. But I don't True. think so. So right, so then the rest of the race now is Robottom struggling. Basically, he's got he's got bodywork damage at the front left. Yeah. It looks a bit weird. It looks like someone's punched one of the, one of his eyeballs, like the, one of the Honda's lights. <laughs> you know, it's had a night out in Whiz, Whiz yeah. Beach. That's probably the nearest place to Snesden. <laughs> you never want to go on a night out there, trust me. Uh, but actually, now with the knowledge of the hybrid system. He does get mugged on the straight, basically, a couple of times. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, is a good. It, he also does run wide again at Agostini, which allows Collard to get in that position. Yeah, but yeah, there's also a bit where Osborne gets assaulted by both the uh, laser tools, like a one-two punch. Yes, yeah, see, I, I missed that. I must have been totally looking somewhere else. Well, it was down at Agostini again, and I think one of them yeah. dies by. I can't recall now. One of them d- dives bomb it, but runs wide. So then the other one comes in and just pushes him off a bit. <laughs> and then uh, coming onto the straight, Williams just in the background. He, he's he's running on the grass, but you can't see if there was more contact. So then it also we're just watching the BMWs out. We do a bit of progress, but not nothing massive. Mm-hmm. So Hill gets past uh, Robottom. Turkington passes Butch at the same point, but this is the big bit where Turkington and Hill just go past Robottom on the straight line. And yeah. then a lap later, Butcher and Morgan do the same thing. Yeah, he had no defence at that. Yeah. Worked hard all day to get yeah, to that my- position. I know it's a reverse grid, but you yes. have to be finishing in that position to get to that grid. Mm-hmm. He'd done the great start. I mean, it does show that the hybrid is much more effective in race conditions rather than qualifying. Must be, must be. So then, all, all race, I think Ingram's been the whole sensible thing, like he was for the two races for the BMWs. But I think he decided, mm. ah, I've got to do something this weekend. Yeah. So he sets up a lovely dummy. Uh, Collard defends. He runs wide. Gets gets cut back down to Hamilton. There's actually a bit of contact at that point. Uh, but then Ricky channels his inner Rob and <laughs> smashes his way past. I mean, there's not a clear camera angle, but you don't need it. I have to say, at first viewing of that, it was like, how the hell is Collard think he's going to get away with that? When I actually watched it again, there was a gap left for him. There was, yeah. And in the interview, he hams it up a bit. He's like, 
I can't believe yeah. we left the site. Oh, he said, I don't know. He didn't say an analogy, but I can't believe there's such a big gap. Yeah. So it wasn't quite as clear cut as I first thought, and I think it was kind of fair enough to go for the move, but it's too heavy handed. He went far too far into the move. Yeah. He wasn't making the apex. He was sort of uh, making maybe the other side of the track. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think it was fair enough. No. So then he has that awkward interview and you just start thinking, well, it's not really a podium, is it? But He's had yeah. a great weekend. Let's not take that away from him. Oh, totally. <laughs> I think I feel like he outperformed Butcher all weekend, really. Which Completely, is very yeah. impressive because Butcher's had a year, 18 months in the car. Mm-hmm. That car, uh, first season of front-wheel drive racing, I, as far as I understand, for Ricky. So Definitely in terms of touring cars, yeah. Mm. I mean, for me already, he's, just, he's done enough progression to justify the seat next year, so whether or not the deal can be done right. But Yes. I mean, he's way ahead of where Sam Smelt was Exactly. Last year. H- harsh as that is to say to a... Uh... Or Tom Chilton for the last three years. <laughs> At least. <laughs> um... <laughs> but yeah, no, brilliant, I thought, overall from Carlisle. Yeah, yes. Um, I-, I suppose you want to see him fight as I well, think... but it was just a bit too far. Yeah. The weekend deserved the podium for him, and it, at least he got to have the podium before it was rightly taken away from him. Yes, that's very true, it, it, and I share that sentiment. And he got the TV time, and I think most people uh, probably don't read the Tory Cat Times website like like we do, so yeah, they wouldn't know. So that's our source for this news that he was he lose the lost the podium, uh, which it claims here that uh, Speedworks then decided to appeal the decision. Yeah, uh, which you would. Leading to, quote-unquote, long discussions with the race stewards. This is on a Sunday evening, so fair play. Oh, they were still there. Yeah, that's what it, that's what it claims here. Mm. Um, so they appealed the initial decision by the clerk of the course. However, the ultimate decision was no. So that's it. Yeah. One second penalty, which um, meant he dropped to fourth. Ingram got third. So three podiums for Ingram mm-hmm. on the weekend. And um, Robotman's day didn't quite end there either, as he got just pipped to the line again. By Ollie Jackson. Oh, I didn't spot that. Well, that might have been hybrid related as well, I guess. Yes, more than likely. So, 10th for him. So, Sutton one dominant. Mm-hmm. Actually, we didn't mention him, disappeared off. One thing I forgot to mention was in the early stages, I thought, oh, hang about. Plato's closing in here. I was looking at the time and it was down to 8 tenths yeah. at one point. And of course, all year, the Napa focus with Sutton has been struggling with tyres later on in the race. And I mm-hmm. thought, oh, even if the gap extends now, it might come back at the end. But in the end, it was four and a half seconds. I think Plato was potentially coaxing it home, which yeah. is quite sensible. Oh, definitely. But it was on there for a minute. Uh, he was. And he did also get his pre-race interview uh, in the he car, did. where he he did get the opportunity to moan about having no power. So that at least has you know, settled that. That's formally happened now. <laughs> yeah. Instead of murmurings in YouTube videos and in other interviews, it's on camera on ITV. That's where it counts. Yep. Um, uh, I kind of side with him. Oh, I do as well. It's just funny that it always happens to him. It's really unfortunate. So this reminds me of a, a video I sent to you and Colin, where it's pre-Knock Hill round at Knock Hill. It's Matt Neal being interviewed, as, and so is uh, Jason Plato by the excellent uh, lead content creator for Knock Hill. I think it does a bit more than that, but he's on their YouTube channel. Check it out. And there's a rumour there about... Well, Plato starts... Oh, he missed it twice. There could be a race in the future with two drivers per car, a longer one, a la Bathurst 1000. Within that, it is also mentioned that, you know, oh, I might continue next year still. And I think if he has another few rounds like this where he's nearly winning, yeah. if he finds the sponsors, he could be back. He could be back. 
And Matt Neal says he wants to be back as well still, so... Who knows what we might actually see in yeah. both of the grid next year. I'm not sure I really want to see that, though. No, uh, I think Matt Neal's time has come and gone now, to be fair. I agree. Um, it did actually make me laugh when they interviewed Robottom. I can't remember which race it was on the grid, and Matt Neal was standing there. And as Louise turned away from Robottom's car to head off somewhere else, Matt Neal sort of went to take his headphones off as if he was going to talk to her, <laughs> and she just walked straight past him. <laughs> I have to go back and watch. I, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I read too much into it, but that's how I saw. Oh it. wow, that's <laughs> awkward. I'll have to go into that. Yeah, uh, it is easy to forget that he's there at every race, though. Oh yeah, really weird. I do think it was sort of ended, I, curtailed a bit early, wasn't it? His career. Oh yeah, and I should say I don't mean that I don't think he'd do a good job. I just think mm, it's it's I'm, I'm there's it. no room for yeah. him. Yeah, because. If he comes back, they have to get rid of Shedden or Robot, and I can't see why you would want to do that. Well, no, but I think that's maybe... What, well, who knows, but they were trying to get a third TBL this season. In fact, they were handed one, but then handed it back. I guess that's because yeah, they couldn't find a bit unusual, but yeah. sponsorship and the funds required. I guess the, yeah. the drive's there if he wants to pay out of his own pocket, but you probably don't want to do that. Mm. He deserves a final season where people know he's going to retire, though. Uh, yes, no, I mean, because he is... Uh, a legend and a stalwart yeah, oh, of the, the whole series. Me as my mind as well. There, it's it's the appropriate um, word in this scenario. It is, um, and also actually, it's one thing I, I can't remember. Did we mention this at the beginning that it was also Turkington's five hundredth race? No, we didn't. Race three, and Plato's six hundred and fiftieth race. Big one that. Twenty-five years after his first. Yeah. Which uh, he said something on the grid. It makes him feel old. Which reminded me of a clip in back in the in the olden days where he said, <laughs> "But it doesn't matter because my wife's nineteen years younger." <laughs> yes, brilliant. <laughs> News update. So um, yeah, there's not much rumours or news going on. I, what I was surprised with the the still no boost tweak for the M Spot engine, seemingly, unless it comes out in this Thursday's Autosport magazine that there was for this weekend. That seems to be the way they do it at the minute. Yes. I did buy Autosport and Modspot news before they recorded this podcast and there's no mention of anything. So, still slightly strange on that one. Um, we could debate if the hybrids are effective enough all day. I, I just feel that the BMW's dominant and it's actually a BMW thing, not a hybrid thing. Pretty much agree with that. I think it's one of those we can have a, that debate at the end of the season. Probably. When all the rounds have been. When Colin Turkington has won another time. It's certainly looking that way. I don't know. I think um, we should nip to the points, actually, because, I mean, Ingram did very well to mitigate the loss, but no one else really did. I mean, Hills had a great weekend on paper, but ultimately Turkington's outscored him still. He has, yes, but it, it's minimal. So 24 points between Hill in third mm-hmm. and Turkington in first. And only one more point further back to Sutton. So despite a tumultuous yeah. weekend... He recovered it with that mm-hmm. win at the end. Exactly. It's still 25 points separates four cars, so that's not that big a deal, is it? They always say, is it 30 points by the last round? Ah, okay, yeah. I have my own thing, which is 40 points within two, the final two rounds. They're your mm. actual championship challenges, but you're right, yeah. 30 points is probably a better way of doing it into the final round. I'm just trying to work out how far back Josh Cook is. Live maths. 72 points, is that correct? Uh, it's a good yeah, it is correct and so that is, he's out he's out forget it it's a real shame as I say it but that's it it's going to have to take something miraculous for that to yeah, change no, it's over don't care how good you are at thrusting. <laughs> I 
can't help but think the team has maybe done something where if the car's not set up correctly or it's not breathing properly, but who knows? It could be just in his head and then he's dander's down. Yeah. So, uh, that's your driver's championship going on. I think uh, BMW leads the manufacturers and constructors, but they lead the team's standings for the first time, which I thought was weird. But their oh, really? team BMW is ahead. Well, I think cause Stephen Jelly's been a bit up and down. True. And Rocket is a separate entry. So it's actually been oh, Bristol Street Motors with AccelerateTradeBiceCars.com, which the full name has to be written <laughs> in press releases and news articles because, well... Yeah, it should be. Yeah, it's just a crazy name. They were leading it up uh, yeah. until uh, the end of this round, which I thought was quite interesting. And the next round, mm. so races 22, 23, 24 are at Thruxton in two weeks' time. That's 27th and 28th of August. And Josh Cook's going to win all three, mm. correct? In theory, yes. Um, but if he's the slowest guy on a straight line, mm. I'm not sure how that works, but he presumably was the beginning of the season when we were there so well we all know it's because he uh, is almost four wheels off the track out the back of the circuit <laughs> that's the line true so we need to watch out don't forget that that's mm-hmm. our theory that around a certain part of the track and I can't remember the name so I'm just going to is it Goodwood basically out the back of the circuit when he needs to when he's under pressure he can really cut across the inside of yeah Goodwood that is good so I think and I think that car- helps him carry momentum further down so we'll we'll Mm-hmm. Can't really. Well, we'll watch qualifying and the races and see what happens. Drugs yeah, is and the, it, but we'll see. The hybrid is nowhere near as effective at Thruxton because they're always flat out. There's not a lot of acceleration. Um, accelerating yeah. as such. True. True. There's just that bit after the first complex, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of it, really. I mean, coming out the final corner, I suppose. So you got two yeah. points, really. Right, so of big effectiveness. Okay. Anything else on Snetterton? Oh, no, that's it for me. Well, that's it from me. Uh, other than, I don't know, there were some good bits, but it's a bit subdued. Uh, everyone's playing mm. a canny game for the championship, which hopefully means that actually if we get some slightly duller races now, by the time we get to Brandsatch GP in October, there's four or five drivers with a genuine chance and it all kicks off. Exactly, yeah. That's what we all hope for. So uh, be sure to follow this podcast Twitter account. This is key. Because we have listeners, but not too many Twitter followers. And when I say we, I've been Colin, who does all the legwork, set up a Twitter account. So mm-hmm. it's at Final Corner Pod. You can also follow at Bar66, the main the main man, the main host. Uh, at Manor House, which is Nick's handle. And I'm at Tom H. Lord on Twitter. And please do follow, subscribe, rate, leave a review. It helps us out. Although, you know, if you think it's too rambly, just send us a tweet. Thanks. <laughs> just keep it yourself. Keep- Send us a letter. <laughs> yes, uh, P.O. Box. Uh, Scotland. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you later. See ya. <laughs>